Inside Sports Dead in Gold podcast. This is episode 27. Uh, it is. We're right <laughs> in the thick of the quarterfinals of the World Cup, Jeff. How are, you, how are you, mate? The dead dingo lives. The dead dingo <laughs> has been resurrected. Yes. Yeah, after, after a fortnight off. We've been a bit busy, haven't we? Well, the World Cup. You know, yeah. like like the hardworking men of rugby league and women, for that matter. Yep. Yes, they've uh, no off season kind of for us. We've, yeah, we've been working right through this uh, this World Cup period. So what, do we, what do we do? We put out that inside sport and then a tournament guide, and then another inside sport, and then another and, uh, and inside cricket, inside cricket in between yeah, that. That's right. And then another tournament guide for the quarterfinals. Yeah, so, so I, mean, that, I think yeah. people are fascinated about yeah us belly aching about how much work we <laughs> we do. So <laughs> anyhow, yes, <laughs> we've found a spare Tuesday and we can rip in now. Yeah. Um, so this week we're going to have a yarn about uh, what we've liked and what we haven't liked about the cup so far, um, and we'll have a yarn about the women's World Cup, which is coming up, um, and a few other side issues in league as well, which are keeping everybody talking um, as well as um, we're going to visit our new um, December 2017 edition which is on sale on Thursday mate so that should keep us busy for the next hour and a bit. Hour, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can hear, I can hear, uh, I can hear uh, iPods and, and iPhones <laughs> and other types of phones just clicking off right like now. People love listening an, to an you. An hour, an hour of these two guys. <laughs> and if you're not good, we'll give you two hours next week. <laughs> Um, so the World Cup, I'll, I'll, just off the bat, I'll, I know it's not as complicated and as important and as widespread, blah de blah, um, than the Soccer World Cup. But soccer, yeah, yeah. It's, it's soccer, mate. Yeah. But it, it's been pretty good so far, hasn't it? It's been a good all all that all that it set out to be, by the looks of it, was a celebration of the game, an attempt to spread the word and, and spread the uh, appeal of the game internationally. And if you boil it right down, then it's been been good for that so far. I reckon, anyway. I don't see the need for the game to for the game to apologise for its World Cup. I think you know yeah, it's, yeah. it's been around from what is it six decades now, and I, know, you know, yeah. I think it, it has certainly grown to a place. And um, I will say one thing, you know, uh, thank God for Tonga. Like they've yeah. they've really kind of made this. If the tournament ended now, it'd be memorable you know, already for what. Uh, what the Tongans have done so and that's yeah. a good thing it's not even I, think it's, I yeah. think it's a fantastic thing you know yeah. I think you and I were discussing before um, I think to me the great upshot uh, of this cup no matter what happens from here is that we will that we will um, that we will have a final that is not like Australia versus New Zealand yeah. for yeah. the for the fourth straight time so that yeah you know, right off the right off the top there that is a really good outcome for the you know, for the rugby league World Cup Definitely, and that that was everybody's not fear, but prediction, wasn't it? Australia, New Zealand, Suncorp Stadium. Sorry, according to the, uh, for the Brisbane for the, Stadium for, yeah, for the benefits of the tournament, yeah, Brisbane Stadium, Brisbane Four Sided Stadium. <laughs> yeah, that's not Lang Park. <laughs> Lang Park. What did they call it, Lang Park? Why didn't they? Yeah, that would have been terrific. But yeah, I mean, that's great. That that win, as you say, turned the whole tournament on its head. So we've got. Four terrific quarterfinals, which I, I, I think are going to be a lot closer than um, than what uh, a lot of people are predicting. But I thought we'd kick off today or yeah, this week by just uh, we'll, do, we'll do the positives first. What, what's been your sort of favourite positive to come out of the cup so far? Uh, positive. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? <laughs> Rugby league, bloody 
typical league the league skeptic no you're the league pessimist I'm the, I'm the league <laughs> skeptic league skeptic let's get the let's get the kind of the the uh, de- the terms well defined here uh, I, I think you know as we were saying I mean like Tonga is is probably yeah. I, I, it's hard to kind of uh, get away from that and I, I think that kind of symbolizes entirely um, kind of the real kind of growth of where, where the growth is in, in, in the future for the international game. I think I kept yeah. on telling you that if, you know, after this World Cup, the NRL doesn't pick up the ball on, you know, a, a, an enhanced, a, a beefed up, you know, Pacific uh, series and, you know, structure it however you will, whether it's three-sided with, you know, Samoa, Tonga and Fiji or whether it's four-sided by including PNG or whether yeah. they would want to go down the path of integrating more into the the actual leagues of, of, of either Queensland or even in, in Laurie Daly's fever dreams, the NRL itself, <laughs> uh, or you do something like New Zealand, New Zealand Maori or an Australian Juniors, whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think there's just such a tremendous opportunity you know, coming out of this cup where you could say to yourself that you know, if, if the NRL kind of grabbed this with both hands, you could, 20 years from now, we could be talking about another state of origin. That this was the moment yeah. that we saw another state of origin yep. kind of appear on this the is, scene. This is the Artie Beetson moment, isn't it? This yeah, is, very this much is where, so. where Tamalolo actually, oh, well, not him personally and by himself, but he, he, he contributed to that massive rivalry that is already existing now between Tonga and New Zealand. Mm. He's, he switched, it's exactly like what Artie did. He switched over from one side to the other, <laughs> became the hero of one side, and now there's this instant explosive rivalry, and it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it is. And, um, yeah, it, it, it would be kind of a terrific thing to do just to kind of... We were always talking about, well, what can we do yeah. to complement Origin? What can we do to fill out kind to of get everybody a, represent, a representative calendar? Yeah. And, and this, to me, seems like, no uh, seems like a no-brainer. It's, 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 a, it's a lay down. I mean, it's, it's right there. Um, you know, there are a lot. Yeah, obviously, there's always issues to kind of you know, figure out. Like, you know, kind of, would would you get the players to commit to it? Would, yeah. What kind of you know backing is it? Is is there for it? Kind of really. Yeah. Um, how would the rest of international football kind of yeah fit in, fit into around that? Or do you have a you're running into the potential danger of if you were to create kind of a Pacific series that you know kind of grew to be you know half of Origin. Yeah. Does that then again dwarf <laughs> the rest of international? You know, you've got two things now that dwarf kind of international football in the Australian mind. But um, right. uh, just while you're on that, did you see through the week? Um, it's, I, I don't know whether it was organised months in advance or whatever, but the Super League has left open a weekend that matches yeah. our rep weekend. Yes. So there you go. That, yeah. All those players suddenly become discussion of the discussion of the international window. Yeah, you know, yeah, Shane, Shane Richardson asking yeah, the RAALF to yeah, yeah. Yeah, talk about what's, yeah, what's doing. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there is plainly an opportunity coming out of this for, I, I think everyone can agree in principle that they would like to see a more vital kind of international game. Yeah. Um, what the detail is of that, I'm not sure. Oh, but, yeah. uh, and, and it doesn't have to be organised by a certain date. That, that's just something that we can start off with, with a, a really good base after from this World Cup and then move forward from it. Yeah. Um, what, what the thing that I've really been surprised by has been the level of interest in the tournament. Oh, yeah. um, I, I didn't. I've always been a big fan of the international game, but I didn't think so many other people were. I, I thought that we were very insular when it comes to the NRL, and we are. But I, the level of interest in the tournament has really surprised me, particularly 
um, if not the crowd figures, which have been fair, like as you say, around 21, 22,000 has been the highest one, highest um, a, a crowd figure, but the TV figures have been extraordinary. You're talking, you're almost talking big bash type yeah. figures. It's, it's on its way, and the really good thing about this tournament is it's being played without very much um, opposition from from anything really it's, it's got the it's got the freedom that the big bash has one one yeah. thing it kind of reminded me uh, kind of one aspect that reminded me of is that when i was looking at the, the television numbers i i always you know because it's just something i'm interested in i always yeah. kind of take an interest at, at what the number is outside of um oh yeah out of uh, new south wales or queensland or really out of Sy- like, sydney yeah. and brisbane in particular, I, I, and, just, and I just I just looked at the big figure. Of and course, thought, yeah. yep, I run with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I think the one thing that it, it, it's kind of worth noting is um, when you, um, it, you know, as 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 much, I think you got to be reminded that kind of the the power of kind of when Australia plays Australia. is it doesn't leave kind of out other markets. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you know, yeah. origin, it, it includes origin, them, if anything. Exactly, yeah. origin is you know. Origin is huge, and we all we all know that it's kind of a, a real a real kind of ratings monster. But I'm, I'm always interested to see that you know because when Australia plays, yeah. you know that can draw in. It, it does draw in interest from your Perths, your Adelaides, you know your Melbournes, you know, because it's Australia. So you know it's it's our team. I mean, you don't have that dynamic where you know. I mean, you know, you really you know, are left without a team really you know, to cheer for. Which in essence, like I think when people kind of from the southern states watch Origin, they're just watching for the spectacle. They're, they're not really kind of they don't really kind of have anything invested in it so i mean that's you know it's a reminder like you know to ask what the value of the kangaroos is well well there's that yeah you know yeah. i mean it's still kind of you know still kind of our sides so. and, and that has surprised me mm. i didn't think it was as big as as what it was for the kangaroos mm. yeah I, I, what you say is spot on like look mm. at the socceroos like yeah they'll play on wednesday night they'll get a trillion people watching exactly and, um, and, and, and absolutely yeah. none of those will go back to watch the a-league you know? <laughs> so, so that is really kind of you know the, yeah. what, what you know what is the importance of the kangaroos it's that and who knows, you might get, you know, a few, they won't obviously all go back to watch kind of NRL club games, but you might get a few. But yeah, yeah. so that's, yeah, exactly. and that's important. And um, I wonder how many uh, viewers the Australian Gaelic football team got with its internet. <laughs> Just me. Yeah. I, I yes. love it. When two forms of football kind of unite to play a third entirely different form of football, which is, a, uh, you know, I, I want to tease that one out there. A subject we're going to address later <laughs> in the podcast. I like Richard I'm, I'm Hines. I'm excited uh, about it. I like Richard Hines's hashtag. Hashtag not a sport. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that dragged that conversation down a little bit. Um, okay, so that's all the fluffy, you know, positive stuff out of the World Cup. Um, you know, on th- things they could have done better. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot off first. They could have got some of the grounds a little bit better as far as the draw goes, but scheduling. Mm. I think they should have... Well, being a Western Sydney bloke, they could have taken at least one or two games out to Penrith, yeah. I reckon. That, um, the, the games like Fiji and USA, um, that would have been huge out at Penrith. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little bit cooler down here this time of year. Those games up in Cairns and Townsville, it's so hot up there, it's so yeah. humid. Maybe, and maybe by, I, I know that they've got a reputation for being league mad up in those sort of areas of, of Australia, but, you know, when, when's enough enough, like, could have dragged it out, put one out in, in Western Sydney or Campbelltown. Or I, I noticed that the Lebanon team was training at Belmore. Yeah. Um, and I know the, the corporate facilities aren't there, but imagine that. Imagine 
Robbie Farrow running his uh, Lebanon team out um, on Belmore against France or something. That would have been terrific. This is to say that Lebanon and England being held at Allianz was not the right call? <laughs> Probably wasn't, was it? No. It was, a, it was a miserable night. That's true. But you'd think of all the English people that would live in Sydney, there'd be quite a few, wouldn't there? Like, and, that, and that was Sydney's no, first they're all taste just of working here, James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in St. Leonard's. But, but, you know, like, that, that was a Sydney's first taste of the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just... I, the, the one thing I thought, yeah, when we were kind of discussing this, is it's a shame that, yeah, Paramount, the new Para Stadium yeah, yeah. Isn't, isn't online yet. Like, because I thought that would have been ideal. Like, yeah. if you did have, you know, you know, Farah leading out Lebanon in the heart of the West... Um, you know, as opposed to, you know, you can't ex- exactly do it at Homebush because you're doing it then at, you know, kind of ANZ, like, you know, yeah. four-fifths empty. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, in, uh, in, in a building like in this, in, in what this new Parramatta Stadium could be, that, that would have been ideal. Yeah. Uh, what they were left with was, yeah, I guess Allianz, and the, that was suboptimal, to, <laughs> to use a term. Um, yeah. yeah uh, I, I, I feel fairly, you know, I, you know, I kind of processing kind of yeah, a few of the complaints, particularly from the English about you know some of the you know some of the crowds and some of the bigger centres. Yep. Yeah, um, you've made this point before. We don't exactly cover ourselves in glory here in, in the in the in the heart in the in the heart in the hotbed of rugby league here in Sydney. No, in no. terms of attendance, maybe it's just an oversupply issue. Yeah. But you know, it's it's yeah. depressing to think that, that that's what we can turn out. Although, as you as you noted, you know, Lebanon versus Australia got a got a pretty good turnout. Yeah, that but, was um, like twenty one thousand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know. I, Next time we have it, you know, in the southern hemisphere, yeah, you know, we'll get games in in New Zealand and Papua New Guinea because it yeah. seems like they're the two places that can draw. So yeah, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how um, see how uh, England and and uh, PNG um, draws this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so uh, I got to give you um, uh, something disappointing. I <laughs> will uh, nominate the former the Northern Hemisphere sides. Yes, okay. You know, I expected them to be somewhat more competitive. Yeah. Than the, how they've the, how they've come out here. Ireland has probably slightly overperformed. You know, Wales and Scotland have been diabolical. And, and I don't know what and what England has not yeah, yeah has not ma- matched its potential yet. France no, no. has been about as much as probably about as good as France you, you, you could be. But um, yeah. you know, I mean, I guess the 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 other the, the other edge of the sword is as we're seeing kind of the the Pacific nations forge forward. Yeah. You know, I'd hate to think that that's coming at the same time that the northern hemisphere sides are retrenching. Yeah. yeah that we're we're, we're going to have advancement at the expense of the other. Be a bit of and, a worry, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. And you know, I couldn't help but notice that uh, the thing that kind of really stuck with me were the the Welsh coach John Keir's um, uh, comments. Yeah. During the week when he was talking about. They were training kind of at, uh, at North Queensland's facility yeah. uh, up there. I guess it was Townsville. Uh, and he was talking about how it was better than anything that they had, had in Super League. Okay. And he was really worried for the standards of, um, of, yeah, of kind of like uh, professionalism and, um, and the preparedness that they had. Yep. You know, and I, th- I think we can all agree that you know, Super League has to be the engine of you know, kind of uh, Northern Hemisphere rugby league because it's not just England. It's you know, it is Wales and Scotland and uh, and Ireland too. Yeah, you know, yeah. they fall away. They're gonna they take them with them. Yeah. Um, so but, yeah, but Ireland has been a really um, not surprise mm. uh, team as a combat. It just made me realize. It just made me think. What was it about Ireland that we didn't expect much out of them? What? Why did we? Expect so much out of Scotland, not so much Wales. I think Wales has always been the yeah. the sort of um, the the bottom four of those clubs, but everybody forgot about Ireland, and everybody forgot that Ireland is just full of 
Super League players. Yeah, they, but so, yeah, they, were mean, quite, they were quite fluent in attack on their three games. You look at performances in the last, you know, in the last kind of yeah. cycle from the last World Cup. I mean, Scotland was probably the best performed of that bunch. Yep. Um, yeah, Ireland, you know, kind of, yeah, weren't as good as either of those. Yeah, um, uh, either of those two. So I'm not sure. I can't speak to speak to Wales, but uh, yeah. Wales it just looked like it was too hot for them, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that could just be it. the weather was too warm, and that's why you know, they, you know, they, they kind of reached kickoff. It was like hack of this. Yeah, temperatures, you know, above like you know the, the 15 degrees. I'm used to playing my football in. So, so that's it. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a really uh, natural environment for a Welsh person, is it, to be playing rugby league in Townsville in November? It's, mm. uh, <laughs> it's not the it's it's not the right not the right uh, habitat for for that sort of person. Yeah, but um, apart from that, it's it's been pretty good, hasn't it? Like it's been a good celebration of the game. Oh yeah, and I'll just go back to the positive stuff for a sec. Those um cultural challenges, whatever oh, yeah. whatever fancy name you want to give them. They have just added so much to this um, to the tournament, haven't they? Like, and, and it's proven that rugby league's been a really good driver of you know cultural pride. Mm. It's looked upon as this bogan working class <laughs> Westie sport, but I tell you what, there is a lot of culture, different cultures involved in the playing of the game, isn't there? And I've they've all been on show. Seen something like you know, you usually see the, you know, kind of the one, and then after the other, to, the, when. Yeah, the the Tongans and the Samoans kind of went out, went yeah, you know, kind of went in call and response. Yeah, I've kind of seen it seen it once before at a Hong Kong Sevens. It's the only oh, other okay. time I've I've seen. It. I'm sure it's happened elsewhere. Yeah, but it, yeah, yeah, it was. You know, I think I wrote that. Um, yeah, not not just kind of one of the best things I've seen, kind of in 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 league, but in the, one of the best things I've seen in sport. Yeah, total all year. It's been the, it's been fantastic. The Kiwis Tonga one. No, 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 no the Is Samoa, the Samoa yeah, Tonga yeah. one. You know, so it um, you know, kind of a reminder that uh, yeah, that. Uh, the sport allows you know these people, uh, uh, kind of a group of people, to express themselves, express the pride in, you know, yeah. in their in their own culture and heritage, and you know, that is a wonderful thing. And again, I loop back on the point that we made earlier. It's something I hope you know the, the sport doesn't drop yeah. because you know they have there is an opportunity here, yeah, you know, um, to kind of yeah you know, plant a seed. It'd be good if um, every NRL team had its own hacker, wouldn't it? <laughs> Every, every no, every I, I, dis- I actually disagree. I think every NRL team should have a hymn. Yay! <laughs> yeah. They should have every. They should have a hymn and they should sing it before every. Uh, NRL's got talent. They should have a hymn and they should sing before every every match, just like the Fiji. I love the fact that the body actually figured out. Yeah, the dance isn't us. We're gonna do a hymn. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? I like that. And then we I worked re- out. I, whatever. I really, I really like that. And then Australia did a weird sort of talking. Talk and uh, just stand there, sort of routine yeah. ahead of the England game. I don't know what that was. <laughs> was that them kneeling in a circle around? You know, yeah, um, yeah. I thought they were just bowing down to the almighty you know, godliness <laughs> of Cameron Smith. I don't know what that was. That was just weird. I, I, I watched it and I watched it happen because I was there at the game. I thought, no, Australia can't do that again. That's embarrassing. That mm. was. Then and, and then New Zealand, New Zealand comes out with its traditional harker and blew everyone away um yeah interesting um so you've nominated new zealand versus fiji as your game that you're looking most forward to why is that is it uh is i it think the strength of fiji yeah basically it, yeah. i think this is the this is the best contest i agree in, in yeah, the last yeah. in the last four um yeah i the more i look at it the more i'm coming around to your point of view that 
New Zealand might be a side with, you know, to use a Australian cricket term, some mental scars. Yeah. Um, and the physicalness yeah. of that game last week. Yeah, pretty much from, uh, from kind of coming into the tournament in not exactly the best kind of state of mind to then losing yeah, to, to Tonga. Uh, about the only kind of out they have is they still get to play at home, which yeah. uh, is kind of a thing, probably but tilts the game in their direction. But what worries me kind of going into that matchup is that Fiji have some legitimate match winners kind of oh, in, their, in their lineup. So, you know, it's, you know, when you have, you know, I... I, I, I I, well, I said this about New Zealand versus Tonga, so you know, kind of, you know, <laughs> how confident can I be in this prediction? But um, uh, I, I thought, that, you know, the, the contest is still tilts towards the Kiwis. I mean, I, I think they're, they, should, they should be solidly favoured, but you know, they could go into that game and you know, very legitimately, Jared Hayne could be the best player on the field. You know, Sulivan Ivalu could be the best player on the field, and if they do that, you know, then Fiji are in it. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I mean, it's. Um, yeah, and I reckon they are. They've, they've got a really good um, shot at this. Hmm. I, I don't think it's. I don't think the, the pieces are going to fall into as, as good, as perfect an order as what everybody's thinking. And um, Fiji too, they've got Jared Hayne and Api Korosau. They've got some really good footy brains working with all, with all that muscle up front. And the, and the, and the hair coming out <laughs> yeah. of the heads that uh, oh, yeah, yeah. hold the brains. <laughs> that, that, that's the reason why I want this, you know, <laughs> Fiji to win. You they really are one of the best hair sides in the history of football. So what do you think happens if Fiji wins and New Zealand's out? Fiji tries to get hairstyles like the barber. <laughs> that's, the, you know, that's, the next, that's the natural progression. You would, wouldn't you? But then so, you, okay, so what happens? So, so New Zealand's out. Does New that, Zealand's does, out. Does that damage the World Cup interest no. at all, do you think? No. No. Because no. then everybody just shifts to Tonga, don't they? No. The only thing that really damages the World Cup is Australia gets out and then nobody turns up in Brisbane for the final. Oh, yeah. But Queensland's the centre of the rugby league universe, so they'll be there. They'll be lining up six hours before the game starts. They love their rugby league up there in Queensland. <laughs> um, okay, okay, James, what game I'll, are you are you looking for? I've to? gone for England and Papua New Guinea, and I I, I know everybody's predicting a blowout. Um, Papua New Guinea away from her home, blah blah blah. But PNG, the, their players have had a whole solid year of. Of intrust super cup or premiership, whatever you want to call it. That's fantastic preparation for elite level rugby league. But it is okay. <laughs> Compare that to Super League. Is there much of a difference oh, between go. Super League and the and the Queensland Cup? Here we go. That's what you're asking. And this team, PNG team, won the Queensland Cup. They won it convincingly. They came down to Sydney to play Penrith in that Super Bowl game and got belted. But they've already done that. So this isn't this isn't you anymore. This fancy new stadium thing. I reckon they've got a really good shot at it. James this week was heavily contemplating the question of whether, of what would happen if the A-League played the J-League in soccer, for those of you that don't know what they they are. So now James has kind of pivoted onto the question of whether Super League is as good as the Interest Super Premiership or, or, or Cup. So yes... Getting getting very very interesting. So the, so definitely basically, it's a question of whether you know James Graham and uh, Sam Burgess. For me, this is it's a question yeah. of whether James Graham and Sam Burgess are better than the forwards of Penrith's seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Decoded, yeah, that's what I mean. But yeah, that, no. that's a bit unfair. I mean, I, I but, but I, you're right. Sam I, Burgess I, I'll, is going to punch holes in that forward pack. Yeah, yeah but right. I, I I I do admit. Um, I derided kind of uh, the Kumwals as basically, you know, uh, you know, just the hunters. They're not really. I mean, no, they they no. do have 
they do have a few more kind of bodies <laughs> and elite level ones at that. You know, you're, yeah. you're talking about, you know, kind of when, when you talk about adding a, a David Mead, a Nene McDonald, a Gary Lowe, um, yeah, yeah, that level, um, a Segiara. James Seguiara. Yeah. When you add that to a um, to a side that was able to win the Queensland Cup, that's yeah. that makes it immediately better, like a, a lot better. It. It's like yeah. I guess I guess the the other analogy we can draw is just Lewis Scotland. They didn't get to field any of their NRL players because yeah, they they, they were just made unavailable. Yeah, that's true. And that really hurt them. So yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think. I mean, I've I've been fooled very much, or I've been lulled into thinking in terms of, you know, kind of, you know, that the Kumuls are the hunters. They're not. I really nah. should stop thinking that way. But um, nevertheless, yeah. I, I do think England will. Uh, do you think they'll thrash them? Do you think it will be? I don't think England scores enough no, to thrash true. them. I, I, they just don't have. They haven't kind of figured out. England, England have a lovely backline movement, and their passes are really fluent. Yeah. And they look really good in attack, and then yeah, you're right. It, 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 and when they come up against a quality defence, maybe, maybe yeah, that that last effort, mm. unless there's a Ryan Hall or a, or a McGilvery on the end of it, yeah, yeah which is straight well, blocked listen, out. So yeah. what, four points against Australia, twenty nine against Lebanon, and thirty six oh, okay. against France. Oh, shut yeah. up then. That's a pretty good. No, that's not. I reckon they, you know, if they were really <laughs> good, they'd be putting fifty on like Lebanon and. and admittedly, okay. Australia only put thirty four on Lebanon. So well, PNG lapped everyone it played. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's um, yeah. Th- th- that. To me, the one hesitation I have for you know for our kind of our kind of difference in, in Fiji and Papua New Guinea yeah. is I do wonder you know when you have that thing where you've played against a weak bunch of pool opponents and yeah. then you have to step up to like yeah. a tier one opponent like you know are, are you hard are you are you kind of have you been toughened up through the last three weeks or do you come in there thinking oh you know we're you know not you know instinct in, uh, kind of consciously you're coming in a step slow but you know just yeah. you know you because you haven't been playing against really really elite competition for the last yeah. three weeks you're just not ready you know for that uh, for that speed and hardness I in, see the, what you mean. in the first yeah. yeah in the first kind of yeah, 20 minutes or even the first half yeah. so I, I that's my only kind of hesitation like I'd love to you know I'd love to make make a call five minutes into each of those games because <laughs> yeah. I think we'd have a better idea rather than just kind yeah. of like yeah so yeah, kind of just making the call from this uh, from this far out. And one of the main things I took away from that PNG versus USA game, geez, that USA team couldn't tackle. <laughs> they were just off. They were arm grabbing. You know, they were off. I think one thing that we got to because you know, we're in Australia, the, the main part of our rugby league watching diet is watching NRL. The I best. think yeah, yeah. It, we effectively only ever see rugby league played at, at its best possible kind of level. Yeah, you know, yeah. we don't kind of get to see what kind of first grade or high level rugby league is. And and I think you know, in, in a general sense worldwide, which is to say that I reckon you know that. Um, Unless you're kind of a, some one of those tragics who does watch kind of you know, interest level or um, or school like yeah. myself back in the day, you know, my, my, when Commonwealth Bank Cup was my my, my recovery TV <laughs> on Sundays and Saturday mornings. So you used to watch junior rugby league to yeah. recover. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, night out on Friday or night, night out on <laughs> Saturday, and then you come back and you. It was on very early, wasn't it? Like yeah, it was. Six a.m. Yeah. No, I thought it was a bit later than that. Oh, okay. It was more like seven or something like that. But yeah. any anyhow, it was it was really good. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you do realize that, um, yeah, 
most defenses in rugby league aren't foolproof. Yeah, <laughs> you know that that's you know, true. guys fall off tackles all the time. It's just in the NRL where yeah, yeah. if you fall off a tackle, you get pulled off the field. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, like it's um, that's that's kind of part of the game. So. That's true. It is a hard game too, isn't it? Yeah, maybe I'm being a little bit too too harsh on America. Well, no, I think I think one of the points in you know, your correspondence, I think, with uh, with your, your your mate, your Twitter mate from, from oh, the US, yeah. has borne it out. Uh, yeah, the U.S. took a step back yeah. uh, at this cup, and you know, uh, a lot of it was had to do with their kind of their administrative split, and also the, the kind of reconciliation, but also the conscious decision that yeah, we're going to pick local blocks. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. and you know, they they passed on kind of bringing back the the kind of the uh, the Aussies of you know U.S. heritage or American heritage. Yep. Yeah, that obviously you know, is a step back. Mm. Um, so whether that turns out to be a good strategic move or you know. Doesn't kind of get them nowhere. We'll see. But they need to be playing more top level footy than what this they are. is. This is the ultimate question. They could like, be playing you know, one decent game against decent opposition a year. Steve Mascord's yeah. you know, piece in there all this morning made the point that you know coming out of this World Cup, the the overwhelming majority of these teams do not know when they're next international. Exactly. Is. I was just thinking that today. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's an indictment. That that basically says you know. Yeah, you don't really have an international football. Yeah, you just it. have something that you kind of you, you have you, you have carnivals that you cobble together or exchanges yeah. that you cobble together. There should be you know, there should be kind of uh, like constructing a window or something like that mm. will probably make se- will, will kind of help in the sense that at least teams can then kind of organize towards games in these in the in these periods of the year. Yeah, and then you have a schedule, and then then you then you'll have something that you can build on. Because right now, oh. like if they can't play again for you know for six months or nine months or or any amount of months, it's really kind of the uncertainty that's the killer. It, exactly. Yeah, and and you can't you can't keep saying it's a uh, it's a development and goodwill thing and an exposure thing when they're not exposed to teams of quality in between World Cups. It's, it's like so we're expecting them to um, to develop that that well between World Cups just by by way of time. Like time will make things better. It's like asking a bloody starving person to eat an ele- elephant. It's like it's ridiculous. You got a <laughs> an American elephant, or a <laughs> you got to you got to give them little tastes of quality footy and opposition week in week out, and or, or you know. Every couple of months, and, and quite a few people have um, mentioned on Twitter that you know the, that the new American league is starting up. And but when you think about it, that only exposes American players to other American players, doesn't it? Doesn't doesn't expose them to Fiji or mm-hmm. Papua New Guinea like, like they like they had on the weekend. I still I reckon they would have learnt so much from that game against PNG. But but yeah, I agree with Matt Scored. Like, why do it if? You're not going to back it up with something else a little, little further down the track. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one that the everyone, everyone has to combine to look after international footy. I reckon. Um, and speaking of, we got we got the women's World Cup starting on Thursday. That's uh, James Smith, biggest booster of women's rugby league <laughs> that you can imagine. I did. I even wrote a feature story yeah, about indeed, it. Indeed, indeed. Yep. Yeah, um, three double headers. There's one on the 16th. One on the nineteenth and one on the twenty second of November, so it wraps up pretty quickly. It's like a little, like a little carnival type thing, as disrespectful as that sounds. Um, but I, I like, I like the fact that it's all at one ground, and it's all over in a relatively short space of time. You've got those three double headers and then uh, two semi finals at that at that uh, Cronulla ground as well. And even better, they play the final next to the men's. Yeah, so. and there you go. And that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate 
piece of respect, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It hasn't been done in any sport ever. Um, and and this is, you know, it's, it's their turn to shine now, isn't it? Especially in front of a local rugby league audience. It's going to be interesting. It's good. Like, a, uh, it's as kind of so many other women's sports forge ahead. Like, the league, I think, is keeping pace in this regard. And yeah. I think this is the mechanism to do it with, like the Gillaroos. Yeah. Um, it, I, I think it could, it could be a really good brand. Like, and it, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, if you want to kind of like talk in terms of the, of the pathway, you know, is it, is it kind of, is it the club? I mean, kind of again, the grassroots organization, who knows? But um, to get kind of, uh, to get you know, the, the women out there uh, at this kind of level, I think will uh, will be a really good thing. And the media outlets have been good too, yes, haven't they? Yeah. You know, had well, Seven's going to Seven. There, we know we noticed that Seven's going to broadcast this. So. Yeah, live. So that's terrific news. So, so that's happening down at Cronulla on from Thursday, Thursday the sixteenth. So, um, hopefully they shout get... out to the Canadian women, yeah, who were union players last year. Yeah, be... <laughs> that's massive, isn't it? That that that's going to be a really interesting ex- experiment to watch. Well, Here you go, as girls. we keep on, as we keep on saying, the swing game of that tournament is Canada playing Papua New Guinea. Yeah, the whole nineteenth, isn't it? Or it's what, I think it's the nineteenth. <laughs> the whole tournament re- like settles on that result, doesn't it? <laughs> it's going to be terrific. Oh, there's some massive um, hits that happen in, in women's rugby league. That's the thing that always gets me. I'd... And then exile. <laughs> you talk about you know like uh, your, your thing that. Uh, uh, that uh, that you know, when 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 somebody kind of violates the team culture in you know yeah. in women's in women's sport and women's rugby league, yes, they're shunned. Yeah, that could doesn't be matter the, how good they are, they're shunned. That could be the Cameron Smith of the rugby league world. <laughs> Ability wise, if they're a dickhead, they're out. I love that. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It's, you know, it's the Amish community model of running a sports team. <laughs> oh. Oh well, that's know. why we need more women running men's sports teams. That's right. That's yeah. you know this is yeah this is kind of the key. You know. They're a, yeah a, di- a different mindset, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah. we'll, we'll you talked about by two blocks. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Men, <laughs> men's playing on the on the <laughs> internal culture of women's you of beat women's me to teams. It. You beat me to it. <laughs> um, so who yeah. do you predict is going to win that tournament, James? The <laughs> <laughs> stra- oh. I'll tell you what, I'll say Australia, but New Zealand had won every single World Cup before the 2013 event. That's legit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so um, from the outside looking in, it looks like Australia has the the, the weight, doesn't it? Like it has a weight of results and the momentum and Hmm. all that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, they're getting more and more um, exposure to each other, those two teams, and you throw England in. in England and, and in the England and Australia tests are apparently as ferocious as the men's. Um, there's a massive rivalry there, and it all stems from it's. It's a really funny setup. Our Gillaroos setup does not know what they're doing at any one time because, like, so they're, they're over in England preparing and doing whatever they do, mm-hmm. and because the media um, coverage of it isn't anywhere near the men's, you just don't know the progress that's been made by all these other countries it's a little bit like the olympics isn't it like we yeah. always pump up our swimmers as if they're the only ones that have been practicing swimming in between <laughs> olympics it's like and then the germans come the chinese and the americans and the dutch and it's like oh you must have been practicing as well like this is <laughs> so yeah that, that oh, i'm really looking forward to that australia versus um england women's uh, match it's going to be huge um should i move on to yes the other part before we finish yeah. um 
So the, we, we want to have a talk about this uh, few NRL issues. Um, in, NRL? What's that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Remember that. Yeah. Wrapped, up, wrapped up in October. Yeah. Um, the player transfer window. Um, that, that's... It's always been around, but it's getting more and more intense, isn't it, as to whether we should have one or whether, we sh- or whether what we've got is good enough. What came to mind was that, uh, you know, we, we've had some player news continue, uh, kind, of, uh, you know, kind of going on throughout this World Cup, you know, you, you know kind of whether it was, was Kronk or what Kronk yeah. meant for, for Pierce, and then there was Moylan and what Moylan meant for Maloney. <laughs> and it just got me to thinking that, um, you know... Yeah, from from kind of our chairs here in, in the office, like kind of looking at the world of sport, there is no doubt in my mind that you know um, that player movement news really kind of stirs the drink these days. I mean, you know, you cannot deny it. Like when we kind of put stories out on on the website, and, you know, you know, you kind of look at the metrics that come back through whether you know, kind of yeah, through social or, or, or what have you. People are interested in this stuff. They're more interested in, you know, kind of the 15th guy on the worst team in the league and where he might move to than, you know, kind of the last three results during the, you know, during the year. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know where it's the fantasy football impulse or whatever, but people love player movement. It's yeah. just, uh, I, I think it just is that thing that connects with kind of the fans' imagination that if we just had this guy or we had that guy who could be better on our side, it, um, it kind of engages them in a way that, you know, that, that you know, reality maybe <laughs> yeah. doesn't. So, you know, kind of as I, saw, as I watched kind of the slow trickle of this news, you know, kind of over the, you know, the, last, over the last month, it got me to thinking, why not have a window? Like, not because it would be kind of, maybe a, a kind of a more orderly system as that has been argued in the past, I would say, why don't we have a window? Because it would drum up even more publicity for the sport, yeah. you know, even more exposure. Like, you know, I, I, you know, I was reading something that made the point that our league kind of benefits from having this thing happen all year, so yeah. we don't need a window. Well, it can st- all the rumor and innuendo can happen can still happen throughout the year, as you say. And then the window yeah. becomes the thing that people kind of organize around. Yep. And you know, at risk of having to steal something again from the AFL, you know, I noticed that the AFL do this, and you know, it with you know, before their draft It's when they finalize kind of their player movements, free agent movements, then their draft order because you know the movement is tied to kind of comp- compensatory picks and you know what have you in the draft, um, and they do it well. They've got all 18 clubs in the one building. They've got a room for the media there. It just generates so much hype just yeah. around. And let's face it, some of these player moves are really, really minor. We're talking about, like, you know, in some cases, the ninth best guy on, on, a, you know, on a team in the middle of the table. Yeah. And people are, like, falling over themselves about, you know, what, you know, what this means, like this, this guy being on the move. You know, so instead of, like, you know, kind of just having this slow trickle of a back and forth between, oh, where is Cooper going? When is Maloney going to get announced? You know, what does this mean for Pierce? Imagine if you kind of like isolated this to a five-day period, like a month after the grand final. You know, it, yeah. it would be, I, I think it would kind of, you know, create such a drumbeat. You know, the league already has such a kind of a great culture of kind of, you know, kind of, or a great tradition or what about cultural, you know, it's like practice, ritual practice of, you know, kind of, Players changing clubs. I think this would just kind of focus it, and then you know, kind of, and, and really kind of push it to another level in terms of uh, in terms of attention yep. for the game. That, that would be the, that, that's the reason I think that uh, that you should that you could do it. So would you? And I would I would do more than one. 
Okay. I, 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 say, I, do, I, do, I do one for mid-season as well. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, would it, would it be a big ceremony held somewhere and broadcast on Fox Sports? And You can do this it. Like I, this, this player and this player have swapped and blah, blah, blah. I would. Like, I would okay. kind of... What I might do is... I don't know how you'd structure it. You know, I'd leave it to better minds than mine. Like, you know, somebody like who's like the head of strategy at, at Moore Park, who I, I just learned the name <laughs> of today. I thought I still thought it was Shane Matiski, but you know, <laughs> I still think Shane Matiski runs the rugby league. You know, don't you think rugby league people, in their nature, would be sitting there thinking as if that player hasn't spoken to that club yet? Yeah, but that, as but, if, but that's yeah. fine. Like, so I, I've yeah. got no problem with like you know the rumor and the innuendo. Oh, you, oh, you, and, oh, you want um, ceremony made out of the actual linking up, the official linking pretty up much. Of the club? I, okay. I, I would basically say you can't make the move until the window. You can talk, you know, you can you know, talk on the side in the entire if you really want to particularly yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. really good at keeping a secret because yeah. I, I you know let, let's face reality they do it already we, we know that okay I've got an idea yeah. at least I've got one of your esque ideas yeah okay so the, the, James Maloney's up next nobody knows where he's going mm. he's behind a curtain and they pull the curtain out and he walks out in whatever yeah. club <laughs> absolutely you actually like that idea I do <laughs> I, you know <laughs> It would be tremendous, wouldn't Hype it? it what he's going to Penrith? Exactly, what? exactly. Like he comes out, he's wearing kind of like a suit, and then he unzips the suit <laughs> yes. or like unbuttons the jacket, yes. and there it is. It's it's, it's the jumper underneath, okay. the, you know. Right. Or alternatively, you could kind of like have, you know, like like the last two or three teams he's negotiating with there, and then he'll walk up to you know somebody and kind of <laughs> shake their hand or I don't know, give them a rose or something. Like <laughs> yeah. that. Will you accept this rose? Everyone says that, you know, oh, you know, kind of, we need to kind of, like, make the sport engaging and, like, you know, like, get them the way reality TV works. Yeah, yeah. What's more reality than this? Yeah, yeah. I I, I get your point because, yes, it does maintain interest by not knowing, but, yeah, I'll see what you mean because a lot of these journos, they write about stuff and they, nobody knows what's happening, do they? Mm. That Maloney stuff dragged on and on and on and it's still not over. Mm. Same with Pierce, same with Kronk. Same with Mitchell Moses, but and everyone's filling the column space, but nobody knew what was going to happen, did they? Mm. Like, you know, I just think you know, for fans, you know, you can kind of, yeah, just to have like a, a reference point on the calendar Fair to enough. say, yeah, this is what we're this is what we're driving towards. Yeah, you know, that's. Um, I just think it. Yeah, it, you know, I don't know whether it'd be better for the players or the player managers or the agents who make the money or the, yeah. the way the clubs that want to organize themselves. Maybe they want to have their their player lists. Playing lists, um, you know, kind of finalised well before this time. So, so who yeah, knows? Maybe, because yeah. they're already some of them are already returning to actually. That is probably right? what would ha- what would hold it up, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, yeah like that's, squad management would be more. Yeah, difficult. I mean, uh, and you know, that, and that is a you know, that is an important consideration. So, I, it would have to be soon after the grand final. You would yeah, think definitely um, It'd have to be nearly a week or, or two weeks after the grand final. Yeah, give everybody yeah. that preseason to to. But you know, I, I would have thought out. you'd also want kind of a, a moment to try to kind of build up to the point. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you'd want to, like, kind of, okay, let grand final fever die down over yeah. a couple of weeks or even a month and then build up back to, back to this. But then you've also, you'll also have international obligations as well. So. But, but, yeah, so, all, so it, it would probably need to be happening right now, wouldn't it? So right now would be the time. Now would probably after be. After the Australian-New Zealand test or whatever they have, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's really interesting ideas, mate. Um, okay, and the other thing we wanted to talk about, it, it blew up last week. Um, like the way In it a does slow moment, a very slow moment. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? That's all people were talking about. Um, 
Last week, the uh, intercode thing came up and it, the kangaroos and the all blacks uh, this time were, were mentioned as possible um, rugby league and rugby union rivals. The thing I find most interesting playing, about this... Playing international rules. In that, <laughs> yeah, I should, I should get them to play that. Yeah, that really screw up everyone's uh, head. But the, the biggest thing for me with this was the fact that the wallabies are being left out of the conversation for 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 decades, doesn't, it was doesn't, doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, they've got to be hurt by that, hadn't they? The Wallabies. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> they're well paid enough, aren't they? <laughs> they are. Yeah. It's um, a bit sore when they've actually started winning again. Like they've won their, they've won oh, their last yeah. three tests. And yeah, now, what about us? And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Win some more, I guess, is probably the uh, is probably the uh, is the answer to that. Uh-oh. You know, I yeah, I I. As a lover of sporting novelty, I, yeah. I, I get sucked in by this. You know, it got me thinking about it. it got he got us running to like the records of the old Wigan versus uh, yeah Wigan and, and uh, Hull. Hull? Oh, yeah. um, sorry, Wigan and Bath. But Wigan and Bath rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the old Wigan versus Bath game in kind of in kind of the mid nineties, which kind of yeah kind of proved what what everybody thought, which is. Yes, this doesn't prove anything. <laughs> no. And what, what were you watching last week? It was um, oh yeah, that Greenwick that, versus yeah yeah uh, West. Wests yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, but that was that um, yeah kind of what the idea for this this um, this uh, what a unified rugby or whatever uh, yeah. Yeah, the concept who, is. Who won that game? I was don't. It? I didn't make it to the end because the, the file froze on me. But you know, <laughs> the, the thing that kind of grabbed me and I was you could hear me cackling, laughing my head off from the other side of the partition from where I sit. Where you know, the, the, to basically explain the rules of this game, they you basically play league in your own half, but then you play union in the attacking half. Yep. And so it was funny. You'd see yeah, this guy yeah. do a hit up over halfway, and you could hear the referee shout out very clearly. You know, on the on the on the footage, you're playing rugby, <laughs> <laughs> which I absolutely love. I thought that was hilarious. What if you, you needed the ref? Game? You needed the ref to remind you which form of football you were playing. Oh yeah. <laughs> That would, yeah. You could have that up on the uh, big screens, couldn't you? Like rugby or league or whatever, yeah. It's, um, I, I thought there'd be a lot more interesting this than, than, than what there has been, but we put it to people on Twitter just before we came out. We didn't give people uh, long to, to respond to this, but this is just an idea of how enthusiastic <laughs> you people are. Michael said, Michael's answer to, what would you find most intriguing about uh, uh, Kangaroos versus All Blacks intercode matchup? Michael's answer was nothing. So, so that was off to a good start. There we go. Yeah. Um, James Campbell said, "Zilch, let's concentrate on hashtag RLWC 2017." So that was that was fair enough. And and Nick um, says, uh, "Seriously, zero interest in some hybrid game between the All Blacks and Roos." And my union friends say the same. Wow, he has so. union friends. <laughs> yeah. Good league guy, is he? I know. What are you doing? What are you doing, Nick? Um, it did make me think about one thing, though. Like, yep. if you're going to actually have a match like this, the man I'd want above all else, kind of on my side as a coach, whatever, would be Brad Thorne. Oh, yeah. He'd, he'd, yeah, he'd want to be coaching both sides, wouldn't he? I don't know, but whoever... They'd probably have a bidding war. Whoever could get him would be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be the, that'd be the killer app, because, you know, Brad... Absolute legend, like you know, the only guy who could excel kind of at both as a forward, no less. Yeah, and I believe he's coaching Super Rugby, yeah, you know, Super Super Rugby side next year. So, Who's he know, coaching? I don't know. I don't really. <laughs> Didn't do that much research. Weren't that passionate about it? Um, Legends of Sport um, 
came in with a late one. Mm. Uh, what would intrigue um, him would be how much Australia would win by. Whoa, I agree. Shade. They would. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, they would um, smash the All Blacks, I reckon. I've got no evidence to, <laughs> to back that up. I think they'd get the defence right, and that would be what matters, I reckon. Because it's 13 aside, isn't it? I do not know what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think fundamentally that yeah that, that the reason why the All Blacks would win that contest is that have fifteen players and you know, <laughs> yeah. kangaroos yeah, are thirteen. <laughs> Come on, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. And you got to you got to lose two players when you got the ball in your own. Oh, no, heart. I was just saying that one one side is fifteen players and the other side is thirteen. And that's so, what makes you know. the whole thing pointless, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, so good reaction from that one, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll wrap up this week by talking about what's in our latest edition. It's uh, December twenty seventeen. And it's on sale from Thursday, so... Ringing endorsement. There is very yeah. little rugby league in this magazine. There's hardly <laughs> any. <laughs> but, but one bloke who has written about a little bit about rugby league for us is Titus O'Reilly, hasn't he? He's yes. a bit of a favourite of yours and a favourite of a lot of people on Twitter. We'll have to um, tag him in and, and let him know that we're talking about him. But his extract, let's uh, take this too seriously, is from his book, of that title. No, no, his uh, book is uh, an unhelpful, a thoroughly unhelpful history oh, of right? Australian sport, yes. Oh, I'm no, that's sorry. Just, yeah, that's just the, uh, yeah, the, the headline for the story. Oh, but, yeah, and it was basically, yeah, w- w- where our sporting sort of yeah, culture, it's culture a, was it's born. It's, a, it's a history of Australian sport, um, yes. Uh, I wouldn't cite it in an academic paper, <laughs> yeah. but it is a tremendously entertaining read. And uh, What does he call himself? Australia's least... Least insightful sports writer. <laughs> I disagree with him. I, I, thought, I, I thought we were in the. Ch- I thought we were in the running for that. But you know, anyhow. anyhow. Um, yeah, he he um, the, his uh, his book. Uh, the, sorry, the extract that we took from his book is um, yeah. he writes about uh, how the gold rush was a very formative period um, uh, for Australian sport because it basically changed Australia kind of overnight in yeah. terms of you know in terms of wealth and leisure time and you know, kind of the resource base uh, of, of the country and um, that then fed into kind of shaping our leisure culture here. And, um, yeah, it, it, you know, it's interesting to note that a lot of what we see as the outlines of our codes right now kind of really emanate from that period. Like, yeah. you know, the first cricket clubs take shape at that time. You know, league splits off from union. The, the uh, Aussie rules formalizes you know, all kind of all in that period. So yeah, yeah. it's all, they all kind of, um, you know, they all kind of tend, they all happen to coincide. And yeah, he has a kind of, you know, uh, you know Titus, I believe is a Melbourneian, but uh, at least the one thing he kind of is on the mark about is, 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 is his criticisms of, um, his criticisms of rugby union as a very bourgeois sport, even even going back then. But you know, it got me to thinking, James, about a very serious kind of, you know, kind of, um, kind of, implication of this and that was that um you know inevitably you know i always think australians were going to deviate or break away from rugby union i just don't think rugby union was ever going to take hold in a kind of in a kind of a massive way here i really do think that um you know what would have happened if you know kind of say for example the union had foiled kind of the you know the break in 1908 and, and, and apologies to all the you know the league true believers out there. I reckon the AFL would have moved into the vacuum. Mm. You know, I um, and I think uh, Titus makes the same point. But you know, or but I, I think that's almost kind of separate to the point because I do think that 
you know, in, in, and this is something that kind of applies to Australian sporting culture as a whole, going even going back more than a century. We've always kind of had, you know, amateurism was a very much a British thing. Like we always had more of a realistic attitude towards, you know, getting compensated <laughs> for your, yeah. you know, for your sporting ability and kind of the, you know, the time you put into your sporting pursuits. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that we were always destined to break away from, from union and whatever that breakaway would have looked like, whether we would have professionalized union first or we would have, you know, and kept kind of most of the union rules or we would have gone into a game that is very much like rugby league or yeah, yeah. adopted the northern game as we did. Yeah, I always think we're destined to do that, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, and uh, funnily enough, from a from a very unserious book, yeah, I, I took this, yeah. this very serious uh, this very serious kind of lesson. Oh, and, you, uh, you you learn so much just by reading the five six page feature that, that, that we've got in there. Mm. So much about the the origins of where we came from sport wise are answered in that chapter. It's terrific, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, we, so um, so so getting to that, and, and of course um. Go out and buy uh, Titus's book um, and follow him on Twitter as well. He's really, really hilarious. He's one of the um, real satirists on, on, um, out there on uh, Australian society and, and how we do things and how we think and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, getting to our um, December 2017 edition on sale. Even if it has no rugby league in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah we promise it's still good. It's Rugby still... League fan David Warner on the cover. <laughs> How about that? That's right. That's right. Um, Rugby League wannabe like David. David Warner, I think, wanted to play football. He, oh, just, okay. he just said he was too small. <laughs> <laughs> too small for, for Rugby League. What? <laughs> Anything else, mate? No, all good. No, all good. And all just a promise that you know, we'll be back with you more regularly uh, yep. yeah, going forward. Yeah, um, we've just been too busy to talk to you, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, enjoy the quarterfinals and uh, we'll catch you next week.